You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, meaning we are meant to live our lives in a way that brings meaning to His name, right? That word vain means to to make meaningless. So that's not just talking about how it's taught in the church that you better not say that when you're angry. You better not say Jesus Christ when you're mad. Is that part of it? Absolutely. But it's a, it's a greater commandment than that. And remember, these are not rules to live by. These are, this is the way He's called us to live. This is, these Ten Commandments are protecting us for the life He has made us for. He has created us for this life. And these Ten Commandments are these guidelines, these, this way to protect us for the life He has made us for. And we are all, every one of us, meant to live a life for Him, to bring meaning to His name. That the world would know His heart in every season. And I want to show you this morning what He has revealed to me about His heart this week. Colossians one, don't go there, you know this by heart. We've read it several weeks in a row now. Colossians 1, 16. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. Now we don't have any problem. We don't have any problem until that last part. It seems that we forget that last part. All things were created through Him. you got to finish it though. All things were created for Him. Who's included in the all things? We are. But not just us. Everyone that's not in this room, everyone that's not in a church building, everyone that does not follow the Lord, everyone that even speaks against the name of the Lord, they were all made for Him, period. There's no arguing with that. If you want to argue with it, let's go. Because I think I've got a good head start. Okay? Because that verse cannot be misunderstood. Everything and everyone is made for Him. And now to reiterate that, Romans 12, verse 4, it'll be up there again. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members, one of another, everyone. The, the point I'm trying to make real quick before we carry on is everyone is made for Him. Can we agree on that? Everyone is made for Him. Therefore, we are members of this one body because we are all made for Him. Right? We're all believers in Jesus' name. We have all put our faith. We've been baptized. We've received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We have been adopted as sons and daughters into this family. We are all made for Him. Members one of another. I love that, and every time I read it, I feel like there's new revelation, there's new weight that comes with it. Just say it over and over. Members one of another. Think of that over and over again. There's so much weight that comes when we recognize that we are members one one of another. So if all made for Him and all are members one of another, we must recognize this fact, and this is the first of this revelation. This is how the Lord opened the door for me this morning, uh, to get me to this Word this morning. This week, he spoke, if we are all made, and he's talking to me, right? He's talking to me. If you are all made for me, then you are all made for one another. Okay, and so let me back up just a little bit. If we're made 
for one another, we often talk about how who you are unlocks more of who I am. When you walk in the fullness of who God has called you to be, it unlocks more of who God has called me to be, right? This individual identity that I carry, that He's given to me, that He's, He's created me to carry as a vessel. When you walk in the fullness of that, and I walk in the fullness of that, we see a different fullness because you and I together walking in unity unlocks things in each one of us that without you is impossible for me to see, and without me is impossible for you to see, right? We've had the gift of teaching in this in this house for a long time. And there are many people that have stood on this stage with a gift to teach and not one of them the same. Every one of them meant to unlock something within us even with the same giftings because we are individually members one of another, not collectively, not just this group that's a member. We are individually members. Therefore, there is significance in the individual, in you, in what you carry because that brings a new Weight, power, and authority to me. That unlocks more of who I am. That is the body. So I would ask you this question before moving on. How many keys meant to unlock things within us right now don't know that they are made to be a part of this body? How many people on this earth that are made to be a part of this body because you've already said, that you've already found agreement that we're all made for Him if we're all made for Him, then we're all made to be a part of this body. If we're all made to be a part of this body, then we're all made for one another. And we know that we unlock more of who He is in us. Each one of us has this key and this ability to unlock different things in one another. So how many people are meant to unlock things in you that are not here with us today? That don't know the Lord? Not even here. I'm not worried about that. There's plenty of people that are just not here, and that's not, that's not what I'm getting at. It's not about a Sunday attendance. I'm talking about those that do not know what they're meant to be part of, what they were created for. Colossians 1.16, that all things were made through Him and for Him. Jesus came and died for the forgiveness of sins to the world, not to His favorites, right? We like, we like to forget that world aspect, but we're all made... For him, First uh, Corinthians, twelve, twenty-seven through uh, thirty-one, I believe. If I can find it, I've got it marked, and I still can't find it. Verse twenty-seven in chapter twelve. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. He lists off these gifts, and there are people in this room that have these gifts. But there are also people out there that do not know the Lord that have these gifts as well. They're just waiting to be unlocked. What are they waiting for? Wait for you. Because you have the key. You have the key. Just as they have a key to unlock things in you, you have a key to unlock things with, within them. With each new member... More beauty within the body is unlocked. Amen? Do you agree? Do you, I mean, do you really agree? 
Okay, because this is one of those moments, if you don't really agree, you better just stop right here. If you really agree, then you better hold on, okay? Because it's about to get a little uncomfortable. What prevents us from encountering these members? And when I say that it's about to get uncomfortable, I mean that it's about to get uncomfortable because the Lord put me on blast this week, so I get to put you on blast. I get to make you uncomfortable just as he made me feel uncomfortable when he was having this conversation with me. So it's only fair that I make sure you feel everything I felt. Okay? I feel like that's my duty as your pastor. All right? What prevents us from encountering these members? He asked me this. The Lord asked me this. He asked, what prevents you from encountering these members then? Why, why would you not just be so eager to go and find them? Because if they unlock something in me, what, who immediately is impacted by that? My two boys. My wife. They're immediately impacted by that. Immediately. Why would I not want that? Why would I not want a more fuller reflection of who God is and His heart towards those three people? Why would I not want more of that? And these people have the key to that. So I asked myself this. He was asking me this. It was such a correcting moment for me. I would refuse unity. This was the answer that I found. I would refuse unity with a member of the body because of our differences. Now, I'm not talking about skin color. I'm not talking about anything like that. But there are, I mean, there are pastors in Houston, big pastors, that I have only ever spoken an ill word about. Never spoken anything positive about them. These are pastors with 30,000 people attending their church. And I've only said a negative thing about them. Because they've taught something that I, I disagreed with. Or they live a way that I don't like or don't understand. Right? John the Baptist. How many of those people, if you're watching this series, I mean, or if you've just read this, this dude lived off locusts and honey and wore a sack for, for clothing. And I love in The Chosen, they, call, they all call him Crazy John. And these are, his, these are Jesus' disciples. And this is one that was, that was spoken and prophesied over that he would make a way for the Son of Man. Right? He was different. So these differences have always existed there, but it kept them separated for the one, literal one, that would make a way for the, the, the Messiah that they're following right now. They lived a way that I didn't like or I don't understand, or they simply believe something that I don't believe. And that comes into all aspects. I'm not just talking about the church. I'm not just talking about things of faith. I'm talking about across the board. So those things become more valuable to me. And remember, this is the Lord showing me this. These things become more valuable to me than the fact of this question, what the answer is. Do they love Jesus or not? If the answer is yes, Everything else is kind of irrelevant. Do I have to agree? Nope. I don't. It never says that you better get along every time and you better have no conflict. You better not, you, you, better, you better just agree with everything because somebody says it. Nope. Because that would mean that we've all lived the exact same story. Where people have come... Too, and their understanding of things or their interpretation of things is, 
is so much based around the life that they've lived. And thank God for that because it's not been the life that I've lived. And their perspective and my perspective are not meant to clash against one another. They're meant to build us higher to something new. Thank God for differences. He made us to be different. He gave us different stories. He, I mean, He would place us in different hospitals at different times that we would live this life. And so much could have been different for us if we were born 10 minutes later in this room instead of this room. If we had this nurse instead of this nurse. I mean, I'm talking about everything has been put in place for us to live this life and gather this experience and understand these things about the world that we've lived in that we could add a more dynamic and more beautiful perspective to the body of Christ as a whole. Not that I could find somebody that lived a different life because no duh, everyone in here has lived a different life than me. Do we have some things that we agree upon? Sure. Do we have things that we're different about? Yeah, we do. I mean, we could go back to how I train my dogs and some of you would probably disagree. And then I would probably, I mean, just a basic thing. So if we can find disagreement and differences of opinion in that, in that small of a thing, Of course we're going to find it in God, but that does not mean there is not unity. Look at the disciples. The disciples disagreed all the time. Look at Peter and Paul. They were fighting to the end of their day. They loved one another, but they had disagreements all the way through the New Testament. That's okay. Differences in opinion. There was never a lack of unity. Differences are okay. There was never a lack of unity. I don't have to agree with you to be unified with you. If I can agree with you on the simple things that God is God, that Jesus is Lord and He is the one that I'm pursuing. He is the love of my life and the one I'm devoting everything to. In John 17, verse 20. Now this is Jesus. This is Jesus praying and from Chapter 17, verse 1 to verse 20, he's been specifically praying for those that have been following him, those that have been with him, the disciples and and those others, those women that have followed, all these people that have followed him. He's been praying for them, and now he turns the focus, and this is where people like us come in to play, because we were not included in this first group, because we were not with Jesus in those moments. It's important for us to recognize that we were those that were adopted, we were those to the, Gentile, to the Jews that were Gentile. We are Gentiles. We have been adopted, right? That's an important thing to remember. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, through the word of those that came before us, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become more perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them as you loved me. Jesus had such a love for the unity of the body. If you've not read this, Chapter 17, go back and read it because so much of his prayer is about unity and the unity of the body and the unity of those that are following Jesus that would become the body of Christ. Knowing that the world would see him in this unity. The world would see Jesus in the heart that he had for the world. The world would see the Father, the world would see the Son and the Holy Spirit 
in us by this unity. The last commandment He gives is love as I have first loved you. By this, so prove to be My disciples. They will know Him because of our love for one another. Because of the unity found here. And I'm talking about unity, not uniformity. Right? You cannot, you cannot find unity in the body of Christ. You cannot find unity in this book without also finding differences. It does not exist. At every aspect where there was unity, there was also diversity. And I mean, just again, look at the disciples. The people Jesus went after were those that did not fit the mold of the day. Those that did not fit the mold of the Jewish culture. Those that were failed Pharisees were the ones that followed Jesus and established this church. Those that received the Holy Spirit, they were the first to receive the Holy Spirit. Were those that did not fit what culture said was was the norm for religion. This is what you should look like. He rejected that. Jesus went after those that did not fit the mold. And something else about unity that we need to realize, and this was profound for me. This was profound. It changed, has changed so much of my perspective on what I thought unity was. Ephesians 4, verse 1. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you, as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But the point I want you to see right here, the verse I want you to pay attention to is verse 3. Eager to maintain... The unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. The thing that we need to realize is we cannot create unity. We have been called to preserve unity. The Spirit of God alone creates unity and is unity. We have been called to steward that unity. We are not the authors of it. I cannot just desire to be unified with you in and of my own will and ambition and desire. But we also know those that Walk with the Spirit when you encounter someone else that walks with the Spirit, the unity that you feel instantly. That was not created. That was preserved. That was already there. That was us walking in accordance to who the Spirit would have us be and then us finding our place in this, ourselves in this place of unity. Not allowing what divides the world to divide us. I've heard this for a long time, and I, I always wrestled with this, and I still wrestle with this today. I, I still wrestle with how do, you, how do you be the church? How do you handle the finances? How do you handle all these things um, while not, and not look like a business? Not look like the world. There are business decisions. The board has to make business-like decisions, but what they're doing is they're introducing the Spirit of God into these decisions. So it really never looks like a business decision. It most of the time looks would look ridiculous to most people if they're looking at it from a business perspective. It's always logical because the Spirit of God is logical. But anyways, I've always wrestled with this. Why churches would have a mission statement. Why they would have a vision statement. Why they would have all these things. It's like, man, you guys just look like a, just another business. I grew up at a church that had a CEO and had a CFO. They were just called pastors of. 
executive pastor, financial pastor. Like, I know what you are. You just put pastor in front of it. You didn't change anything. They didn't preach anything. They didn't interact with anybody. They just handled those things. It looked exactly like a business. They just met with all of their employees on Sunday. And all of their donors and their benefactors came in on Sunday, and it just looked like a business. How do we not look like the world? Well, it starts with us not being divided by the same things that divide the world. We've got to look at Jesus. Would you agree in here that Jesus is perfect theology? Would you, would you confidently say yes? Okay, I want us, we're going to watch a video real quick that illustrates this final point, this profound thing that the Lord led me through. Now, he's, He was leading me through all of this of recognizing that we are, we are made for one another. We are made for one another and we are meant to preserve this unity. And what does that look like? Well, it's got to start with this understanding that Jesus is perfect theology. We're going to watch this video real quick and then I'll continue on. I love, I love that video for a lot of reasons, and there's a lot, that's an hour and a half long deal, uh, if you're ever interested in watching it, but I love, I love that he said that Jesus showed kindness, and that is what led to repentance, that is what led to the life change, was him showing kindness, but that he would come to this place with this woman, unified with the Spirit of God, because you've got to be unified with the Spirit first before we can find unity with one another, but Unified with the Spirit of God, not just in his own life, not just that he would be obedient, but also unified with who the Lord was calling her to be. That he would be a vessel for that truth and revelation, that she would know who God had called her to be. What first had to happen? He had to be unified with that vision. He had to say, absolutely, yes. The life that you're revealing to me that she is in, is, it's not what she's been made for. She's been made for more. And he said yes to it. And then, in that place, in that moment, he, he was this perfect image of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to that one person that she needed to see. She needed a father in that moment. She needed a father that loved her. And no matter what she had done wrong, would stand in the gap for her, shielding her from the opposition to speak truth over her. That was Jesus. It was exactly what she needed, but he showed kindness, which led to the life change. But what was even a more powerful reminder through all of this and recognizing that we're made for Him, we're made for one another, and that there are people out here that don't, do not know Him that I am made to be a part of this body with. They don't know that they're supposed to be a part of this body, but that doesn't change the fact that we are still made for one another. Whether they know Him or not. There was a point in my life where I did not know Him. But you and I were still made to be here with one another. Right? That was, this was still supposed to be. We were still made for one another and there was a time where each and every one of us was not walking with the body of Christ, was not a member of it. Still made for it. Still made for this body of Christ and this powerful reminder that the Lord hit me with this week. Um, finding myself in a lot of strange places with a lot of people that don't know the Lord. That's just where I was this week, and I'm okay with that, because that's what the Lord has called me to do as, as pastor here. Jesus, He's the one who leaves the 99 for the one. See, I need us to recognize this reality, though, and not 
put ourselves as the one. When we hear that, oftentimes we immediately become the one that he's pursuing after. And yes, that's true, but you've got to stop for a second now. Include yourself in the 99. He is the one who leaves the 99 for the one, and we must reflect that. We must be those. If we, are, if we have all that Jesus has, if we're created for all that Jesus was, has, came to illustrate what we were capable of, what we had the capacity to do, and saying that we would do greater things than He did, and, and knowing that we have this Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that Jesus had, we must reflect what He reflected. If He is perfect theology, then we must look as Jesus looked, and He looked like the one who would leave the 99 for the one. We must reflect that. Regardless of who the one is, we must go after them. United with the Spirit over this one's life before we can even get to them. Because we are made for each other. And let us reflect that truth. Let us be those who would leave the 99. Regardless of who the one is. I'm telling you, I was overwhelmed this week, surrounded by, surrounded by the ones. Surrounded by people that have been in church maybe two, three times in their life and all of those experiences were terrible. And his pursuit of them has not stopped. And then to realize I'm talking to him and I'm, I'm hanging out with him and I'm just doing life with him and it's like, oh shoot. I'm the Jesus sent to this one. Now, will I allow for there to not be unity there? I have to allow it for there to not be unity there because they're different than me. Because they say things I don't like. Because they talk in a way it's like, oh, not, not these gentle ears. Don't say those naughty words. And I would refuse to be the, the one pursuing this person because of these things, these, these tiny fractional things that have nothing to do and have no weight in eternity. Because the Lord is after this person's life. That they would know what they're meant to be a part of. I'm telling you, we, we've sung this song so many times. It's, it's not on the docket today, but we sang it so much. Of I won't go back. And I believe that when we sing that, we proclaim that. I won't go back to the life I used to live, who I used to be. Because I know what freedom is. And if we won't go back to it, why would we allow others to live in it? To live in the back. To stay the one lost while we enjoy ourselves together, the 99. A wolf can't come after 99. It can go after the one. But what would it look like? The Lord just began to show me this as Jesus was... I just saw it. I just... He's the one that leaves the 99. There's these 99 that are feeding these sheep. And Jesus goes. He's walking over these plains, these hilly plains. And he's walking to find this one. And all of a sudden, he's not alone. There's like three or four sheep with him. But they're not just following him. They're looking, actively looking for the one. And then before long, there's, there's 99 looking for one. What does our world look like when the 99 leave with Jesus to find the one? That we would be unified with that one before we even experience them. And maybe that one is 10 years away from you in your own story. But will you be unified with them now? Over who God calls them to be now? 
that when you find them, you're not creating unity, you're preserving, you're stewarding the unity that has existed since the dawn of time and that has existed for you and for them. That we would be unified, orchestrating and painting this picture of who the body is meant to reflect and who God is to the world. It's meant to be seen in us. There first has to be unity here, regardless of differences. There has to be unity across the global body. There are preachers still to this day that I will not agree with everything they say. But if they say they love Jesus, I'm going to start by believing them there. That's not my job to worry about anything else. And what I want them to encounter in me is the heart of God for them. I don't care if I disagree. I want them to see the Father in me. Just as I long to see the Father in them towards me. That's the life we're meant to live. And then when we're unified together, the 99 unified, let's go after the one. Let's go after the one as Jesus did. He was on His way. He was at the well to get a drink because He was thirsty, because it was hot. He found Himself in this place. And He found Himself unified with the Spirit over this woman who shows up and begins to speak truth and begins to be kind and show kindness. And in that kindness, there was life change. That's all the Lord has asked us to do. That's all the Lord has asked this house to be a part of. That's it. That's not hard. Live your life unified with the Spirit and unified with the Spirit over those around you and just show them kindness. Man, that's easy. Goodness, that's easy to be kind. I pray that this house would be a house unified as the Spirit of God desires for us to be unified. And in that unity, we would see the diversity. I want to see the fullness of what the body of Christ is meant to look like. I don't want to be given just this small section because that's all we can handle. I want to be given the fullness of what the body is meant to look like. And we get to experience that. We get to build that. We get to be a part of stewarding that unity when we when we leave to go with Jesus after the one, regardless of who the one is, who the, how the one has wronged you, how the one has mistreated you, regardless, going after the one. Period. Because if not you, then who? If not the shepherd, who? Whose responsibility is it? And if you know Jesus, you are a shepherd. And you are meant to go. Amen? Lord, we thank You for this morning. We thank You for the power of this Word. I pray that You would find in this house the 99 that are walking in unity with You to find the one. Whatever the cost to us, we won't go back and we refuse refuse to allow those who don't know You to live in this place of not knowing You. We have been so set free. We have been so overwhelmed. We have been so consumed by the goodness and love and Your heart towards us. And we want others to experience it. So I pray, Jesus, as You walk after the One, as You go to look for the One, I pray that we, the 99, would be right next to You, walking alongside You, in perfect unity over this One, in perfect unity with the Spirit of God and over what He says this one is to be, who this one has been created to be.
Because we know who He's been created for. He's been created for you. And if He's been created for you, then we are made for one another. We are made to be a part of them. And they are made to be a part of us. Let the unity of the Spirit of God, Spirit, we pray that You would move in power. You would lead us into avenues, into places where kindness can be delivered. That restoration, that redemption, that life change could be authored because of this kindness. But first, let us Let us find ourselves in this place totally and completely unified with You, Spirit. Unified with the heart of the Father and with His His heart towards those around us. I can't wait to see what You desire to build if these are the words that You're bringing. What will we look like in 10 years? What will this community look like in 10 years if this Word is received and lived in now. I pray that we would be those that dare to dream of a place that looks like the kingdom of heaven. And we would do what you have asked us to do that that reality could be made known. Let us be the 99 that walk with you in unity after the one. Let us be those that go after the one with you, Jesus. It is for your glory, it is for your honor that we pray and listen and receive. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.